Welcome back to our podcast series for the Spectator's Economic Innovator of the Year Awards for 2022. As ever, I'm Martin van der Weer, Business Editor of The Spectator, and it's my pleasure on this occasion to introduce this year's regional finalists for London and the South East. We had 11 finalists for this region. They all joined us for lunch in the fabulous offices of Investec, our sponsor in Gresham Street in the City of London. And given that we've got so many to tell you about, we're not going to include their own pitches in this podcast. Instead, we're going to let our panel of judges briefly describe the companies and then share their thoughts about them. We're also going to talk about the possible entries for the special sustainability award that's one of our award categories so we'll do that at the end of this podcast the judges who were with me on this occasion who you'll hear from are matthew robinson who's in the private equity business at a firm called icg eva marie dimitriades who is chief executive of conduit connect that is an impact investing fund linking together large number of investors in that field. And representing Investec today, Kate Gribben, Head of Financial Sponsor Coverage for Private Equity, and Michelle White, Senior Investment Director. So we're in the City of London. We've heard pitches from no less than 11 finalists chosen from more than 80 in London and the South East this year, and from more than 170 across the whole of the UK. So Matthew, I'm going to start with you and ask you to pick out two or three of these 11 that we've seen today. As I've said on many of these podcasts, we have to emphasize, we get a pretty short presentation. We take a quick look at these companies. We're not we're not bioscientists. We're not artificial intelligence experts. We don't pretend to understand in depth, but we try to make a fair judgment and we love hearing from all of them. So Matthew, which one's caught your eye? First of all, 11 amazing businesses. Everyone had passion and energy and real purpose to their their thinking and their presentation. I'd start in order of how it started today, which was UpCircle Beauty, um, a business that recycles waste that would have otherwise gone to landfill and turn it into skincare products, primarily for the female industry. Fascinating business, great story, started with coffee waste, expanding to many other ingredients, innovative, massive ambition, looking to go international. But what really stood out for me was the passion and energy from Anna, the presenter today. It's a great business and I'm sure it's going to do very well. Second one I'll move on to is um, Silverstream Tech, which provides clean tech in the marine industry. As we all know, ever-increasing global trade in the marine industry and the impact and environment from that is huge. Their ambitions that is have they have a system, air lubrication system, which results in 5% fuel savings and efficiency um, gains, which in the scheme of things and the fuel costs globally is massive. Looking to sell into large ship manufacturers, looks like a great product, very innovative, and again, great passion from the team. The third one, which um, I think everybody around the table stood up at the end and gave a round of applause, really hit home to every parent around the table was Safe to Net, providing 
solution to tackle child online safety, a very pertinent issue in the world today. Looked like a great product, had the right balance of avoiding children thinking they're being spied upon, but providing a level of protection and guidance, because a lot of the issues are children don't actually know what the risks are out there. I think a fantastic business, looking to sell on the B2B basis, just signed a contract with Verizon after four years of hard work. So another great business and delighted to hear from them today. Yeah, a fascinating little fact in that presentation is one of the major global manufacturers that won't talk to them is Apple. That's a provocative thought, isn't it? Uh, Kate, I know you were interested in SafetyNet as well, as a parent, I guess. Absolutely. I've got two children who are eight and five, so my eight-year-old is really starting to explore online and as a working mum, can't be all eyes on all devices all of the time. So it's great that this technology has been invented now, and it's a shame, really, that it hasn't existed beforehand. So shame on Apple, really, and hope that he, <coughs> the founders, managed to crack that organisation as quickly as is possible to protect all of our children. Mm. Michelle? Yes, yeah, similarly thought this was amazing. I mean, some of the sort of stats that he quoted as well is quite staggering, really, or certainly make you think, you know, talked about five children a week in the UK taking their lives due to online shaming. You know, anyone that can help prevent some of those lives being lost is getting a big tick in my book. And you talked about their two hero products. So one was a safeguarding keyboard that can sense incredible things that I don't understand on the IT side, but models using anomaly technology to monitor things like the pressure with which children are touching the keyboards actually tells them things that are going on and then their live stream video filter so um yeah fascinating company yeah i think we were all riveted by that presentation kate would you like to pick out a, a couple more for us absolutely so another business that really caught my eye was recycle eye which uses technology to essentially monitor a conveyor belt of waste that's going through and using special robots to pick out waste and ensure that the waste is being recycled in the right way, replacing human labour, obviously human error that comes um, through that. Clearly, waste is a big problem, not only in the UK, but globally, and definitely a global application of that product. And perhaps just moving on, another very different business, Housekeep, which is essentially an online marketplace connecting consumers to service providers, so typically cleaning staff, I'm sure that everyone's suffered the problem of clinging on to their cleaner when they leave. They don't really know where to go. So using that word of mouth industry and replacing it with some fantastic technology to match consumer to cleaner and ensuring that those cleaners are being paid a good wage and importantly reducing the length of travel time between jobs, which obviously is great for the economy and the environment as well. Yeah, thank you. Now that was an interesting one and we did we did quiz the presenter about the wage rates. It, does, it sounds a reasonably fair system uh, that's providing providing a lot of work and solving problems. And recycle, I particularly liked the phrase, there's no such thing as waste, there's only stuff that's in the wrong place. Mm. Uh, many of the businesses we meet are doing some kind of waste recycling, finding new purposes for for stuff that used to just go into landfill. That's always a good story to hear. Eva, would you like to pick out some of our entrants today? Yes, absolutely. It's always difficult when you have such different impacts. And uh, I think I've picked out two two that are really focused on health and well-being and and one that's more environmental. So I'll start with eConsult Health, which I I really like. The founder gave a very compelling pitch. And this is really a, a software solution for the health industry to try and make 
diagnostics and access to treatment more efficient. And in the UK, obviously, that really revolves around the NHS. So eConsult is already in three and a half thousand practices, GP practices, but they've also been able to disrupt A&E triage. And so really what that means is when you tell your story effectively to this platform of, you know, what are your symptoms, they can very accurately screen and send you to the right place, skipping lots of steps and the waiting time for, you know, seeing the GP who will first filter you through a system and then refer you somewhere else. You can actually kind of hop through quite a lot of that and prioritize the most urgent issues. So that's obviously something that can save a lot of money and time for both the NHS and people. I think the other one that really stood out to me on the health side is, uh, and as a woman, really important to me is LV. I've obviously been following them for a while. The founder has been instrumental in the making of the FenTech movement and at Conduit Connect, we're very concerned with women's health, but also supporting female founders. And this is, this is one that really deserves a, a big prize in a lot of respects. So they've made the market, the most famous product is probably the breast pump, which can be used anywhere. It's a cordless breast pump, uh, breastfeeding, but they've also developed a number of other products. And what was interesting to hear today is how they take a very holistic approach to looking at women's health from puberty to postmenopause. So I'm excited to see what else they might come up with in future. And then the last one is on the environmental side. Uh, so, you know, we talk a lot in our world about carbon transition and the green economy and how quickly we can reach net zero, of course. And this is a business called Project Etopia, love the name, which is really a modular system for construction that can, can deliver net zero buildings. So in the UK alone, there are hundreds of thousands of, of living accommodation that, that need to be built. We have a huge shortage and everybody is thinking about how do we how do we make greenfield construction net zero? And this is this is one such <coughs> solution. And you sometimes think in the house building industry, everyone's thinking about that except the established house builders who just <laughs> go on building houses the way they've built them for the last century. So I this think regulation is, is knocking hard at their doors. So these houses would be very, very energy efficient by comparison with a traditional brick-built timber roof structure, you know, drafty window old kind of house that we see being built still all over the country. I think, Martin, there was a parallel between Project Utopia and eConsult in that they're both disrupting industries which have been very straight in their view with, with mm. little disruption for many, many years. Absolutely. Yeah. Several more we want to talk about. I'm going to particularly mention now Thought Machine. This is a bigger business than many of the others we've looked at. This is already sort of in the, in the billions in, in valuation and it is software for banks, essentially, replacing the legacy system, computer systems which most banks still run on, which are full of problems, uh, hard to keep up, hard to cope with new trends and so on. This is a different way of doing banking systems. So I'm going to ask Kate and Michelle, who are the bankers at the table, to, to comment on, on what we heard about that. Yes, I think from my point of view, one of the most compelling arguments that the representative from the company was putting forward today is, is that it's very difficult for banks to invent new products and services for their customers that are operating on the legacy systems. And this company is so young, in fact, I think they've been developing the product really for five years and have only really been marketing it for three years. And they have 
achieved an enormous amount of success by introducing a much-needed product to some of the globe's largest financial institutions. Michelle? Yeah, I think sort of as an interesting anecdote, I remember I won't name the firm that I used to work for, but at one point we were querying, oh, why doesn't this system talk to this system? We've got all these different products and solutions, but from the client's perspective, it's not neat. And one of the IT guys came down with an A3 piece of paper and showed us the spider web of systems that the firm was using that we were asking them to try and connect and showed basically why it was impossible. So anything like this that can effectively replace those legacy systems, those mainframes that he talked about that some of us are running, some of the firms are running on that are 30, 40, 50 years old is clearly going to be successful, hence they've already sold into many of the tier one banks. I also made one other point that these legacy systems need a lot of maintenance mm. and those that are 30, 40 years old, there'd be nobody left who actually yes. understand how yes. they work to be able to maintain them. So yes. you do need some new systems. Very good. Uh, so I think we've covered we've covered nine of the 11 there, two more to go. Ultromics is another medical technology business presented by Amir Hassan to us. This is about heart disease. It's about using ultrasound to basically check on people's hearts and use AI and automation to look at the ultrasound reports and spot heart problems before it's too late, picking them up early. The very interesting thing about this was this is one of several medical tech businesses we've met this year and last year, and they all say the same thing, which is how difficult it is to sell in to the NHS. The NHS is very resistant to change, reluctant to buy new technologies. So this is a, a British business, but its its prospects are much, much better in the U.S. than they are here. U.S. insurance companies have seen the point of this, but the NHS, I mean, from his polite description, I should say, sounds like a very difficult customer for them to deal with. I think it's also just there's a different model for paying for healthcare in the UK and we're, we're very lucky in that regard. So they've done an amazing thing by effectively offering it for free. So, so one could argue from the impact perspective, their output is potentially equal, you know, relative to the population sizes, of course, in the UK and the US. But from a financial perspective, because these are all for-profit companies, their prospects are, are pretty great in the US. Yeah, exactly. I was going to highlight a point that he made that Effectively, I suppose the NHS and the UK will be a, a beneficiary of the fact that this is a UK company because they mm. will offer it for free, effectively. Whereas in the US, he talked about 30 million echoes done in the US per annum. And if you imagine a contract price per echo at, say, $1,000, you can see the scale of the opportunity that for them there. So the last one to mention in this podcast was Ita Conics, presented by John Shaw, who was only American at the table, but it's an AIM listed, so it's a London listed business. It's in the chemical industry. It's essentially using a plant-based polymer, itaconic acid, if I've got the name right, as an ingredient in a whole range of cleaning, beauty, and hygiene products. So that could be anything from the capsule you put in your dishwasher, which can be smaller, environmentally cleaner than the traditional capsule for a dishwasher to we heard about plant-based carbon of this sort being used in disposable nappies so that they are 
less of an environmental menace than they are now. Something entirely new to me called weightless hairdressing, but the <laughs> la ladies all around the table demonstrated that to me by flicking their beautiful <laughs> hair that gives body, I think, without weight to, to the hair rather than a stiff perm, and even odour control. So this is these are products that can kill the smell of urine in 30 seconds. So we <laughs> all blinked at that. Anyway, it's a chemical product with a very wide range of applications, and it's I, I was quite interested that it had chosen to list on AIM and not NASDAQ, and John explained all the background to that to me. Anyway, any, any last comment on that one? No, just the range of applications stood out in yeah. terms of yeah. where they can go with the business. So there we are. As you'll have gathered, that's 11 very, very different businesses, and so a very difficult choice for us to say which is the one winner. Finally, let's talk about the sustainability category of these awards. Just recap from these 11. I'd just like to ask each of our judges today to pick out one of the 11 that they think might be a contender in our sustainability award category. Kate, which would you like to mention? Gosh, there's so much, so many really great companies to choose from. For me, I think UpCircle uh, sat the best with me in terms of the story that they that they are using waste product, not only from coffee granules, but from, they talk about olive powder, from waters, from fruit processes that they're using. So there's lots of different waste products that they can make beauty products from. But not only that, there's a different story behind each of those products and how they collect them. So they talked about in COVID, a lot of the suppliers essentially of the products that they're looking to collect were closed. So they were cycling around Clapham Common on their bicycles, going to the coffee stands on Clapham Common, which I, I, I just think is, shows also great innovation as well as a clear sustainability model behind them. Thank you. Eva, which one would you pick out? I'm torn between Silverstream and Project Utopia. On the one hand, one is tackling the built environment, which is responsible for about 30% of carbon emissions. But I'm actually going to go with Silverstream, which is tackling the shipping industry. And I was interested to hear that that's not covered by the Paris Agreement. So it gets slightly ignored when we think about carbon emissions. I think it, it represents about 3% of all greenhouse gas emissions, so smaller by comparison, but still really substantial and what Silverstream's doing can can deliver a 10% reduction in those emissions by by creating this sort of lubricated streamlining effect on the on the hull of the ship so that that could be really really enormous and it sounds like they're having incredible traction so far yeah and it just is a rather beautiful idea of having bubbles blowing bubbles underneath the ship and making it work so much more efficiently michelle which one caught your eye I think Recycli was, was fascinating. Obviously, Kate's already d described that, and that sort of tagline stuck with me that you mentioned, Martin, no such thing as waste, just materials in the wrong place. What they're trying to do is build these robots to have a much higher degree of accuracy in sorting the waste and the rubbish than humans realistically can deliver. So they, they sell the product on a 95% accuracy basis, but they have measured it to be 99% in some sites. And obviously the accuracy with which humans can sort waste decreases over a 10-hour shift as they mm. tire. And obviously they can only work for 10 hours, whereas the machine can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week for up to eight years as they've designed it. So that, I think, was fascinating. It's something we need to think about more. The lady talked about the fact that only 9% of plastics created have ever been recycled on the basis of 
assuming that 8% of materials are recycled going forward, that's a £110 billion market. So obviously if we can up that percentage, even bigger opportunity for the company and, you know, great thing for the world to embrace. Thank you. Matthew, which one caught your eye? For me, the one I didn't have to be um, too awake for them to have the strapline of sustainability in the, the head of sustainable buildings, but Project Utopia certainly seem to have the potential to transform the way that traditional house building model operates, using their product versus traditional brick, creating airtight houses, massive improvement to EPC ratings, significantly reducing people's fuel bills as we sit here facing massive energy crisis, very hot topic. It seemed like a, a great product, proven that it seems to be working, excellent potential. Very good. And I think I would mention again, Itaconics. It's a chemical ingredient, so it's the sort of thing that we never know it exists, really. It's inside consumer products that we use every day, or it should be, or it, or it could be, but it can help make a cleaner world. So I thought that was a very interesting new area of knowledge for me, and I'd like to know more about it. But let's mention that one too, Itaconics. So that's a very quick trot round our 11 entries for London and the South East, in the regional final, and also those of them that are particularly noteworthy for their sustainability features. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.